What's going on? It's Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room, episode number 41. Today I'm talking to my homie Brett Bollinger from Pepper. You guys know him from Pepper. Uh, super awesome dude. Um, known him for about a decade, almost a decade. Um, had a great conversation, talked about all kinds of things. Can't wait to uh, get into it with him. Uh, first off, Ballyhoo is returning to the road, everyone. Returning to the road. We've got some shows coming up. Pay attention. I'm reading off. I'm letting, I'm stalling right now because my phone is taking forever to load these dates, and I'm about to tell you what they are right now. Okay, uh, this Friday, Black Friday, Skanksgiving, everybody, November 23rd, Starlin Ballroom in Sayreville, New Jersey, uh, with Real Big Fish, The Pie Tasters, We Are the Union, and more. Gonna be crazy. Get your tickets right now. I heard that the tickets are, uh, going very fast. It even says it on the, on the website there. So um, grab that shit. Gonna be a great party. Uh, November 24th, Upstate Concert Hall, Clifton Park with Real Big Fish. November 25th, uh, Baltimore Soundstage here in Baltimore. Uh, I guess that's Sunday. Um, that's with Real Big Fish and We Are The Union. Yeah, it's, all these shows are with Real Big Fish, by the way. I don't want to keep having to say that shit. Um, November 27th, Phase 2, Lynchburg, Virginia. November 28th, uh, the Norva in Norfolk. Love that venue. Awesome green room basketball court uh november 29th georgia theater athens georgia that'll be the final show with real big fish and we are the union and then we're gonna uh split off from there and head to florida for the last shows of the year uh november 30th uh high dive in gainesville december 1st beachside tavern in new smyrna beach shit show every time come hang out uh december 2nd the wilbury in Ta- tallahassee december 5th at the social orlando crazy time uh december 6th debauchery in melbourne that shit's going to be nuts. Get your tickets right now. Um, December 7th, Janice Live, St. Pete. Free show, dude. Free fucking show. Ballyhoo headliner. Come hang out. Always insane. One of our favorite venues in, uh, around the country. And finally, uh, December 8th, Jack Rabbits in Jacksonville. And uh, I think we're doing December 22nd at Looney's in Bel Air here at home. So uh, wear your shitty Christmas sweater and come hang out. Uh, everybody... Remember to follow me at Instagram, Howie Spangler, and check out the YouTube channel, slash Howie Spangler. I'm hoping to get that SM7V uh, unboxing video up. I have to reshoot it because the audio was uh, corrupted when I went to go do editing. I looked at it, and I was like, oh, sweet. Apparently, I can't put my, com- my camera next to my computer because for whatever reason, it creates a weird frequency disturbance or something i don't i don't know because all the other shots that i did around my studio like b-roll they turned out fine but yeah sitting at my desk impossible so i gotta figure out another solution and hope i get that done soon um i have merch coming out merch finally i've got some t-shirts and some sweatshirts tales from the green room podcast if you'd like to support uh, i'll be putting that link up in the instagram uh today or tomorrow so uh and i'll send out an email as well so go to my website howiespangler.com and you can uh sign up for the uh for the newsletter and all that and find out where to get the new t-shirts all right like i said today my guest is brett bollinger from the band pepper uh he's got his own clothing line bollinger brand he's running a studio conatown recording pepper's got a wine out yeah we talked about a bunch of things how they got started on warp tour and um when they were working with Vulcan entertainment for their first record deal and uh, all kinds of things. So enjoy episode 41, Tales from the Green Room. Yeah. 
Brett, what's up, brother? Yeah, Howie. Doing well, brother. Good, man. Finally glad we're getting to do this. I know. I've I've tried to avoid it for as long as, uh, <laughs> as I possibly could, just because you told me you were going to ask me such crazy things and open open the, the, the world up to my, my inner horrors, but uh, I guess we should do it now. We ask a lot of tough questions around here. <laughs> <laughs> Shit that well, the fans well, need well, to know. Am I going to get the Bruce Wayne or the Bruce? Yeah, am I going to get the Bruce Wayne or am I going to get the, the Batman? I don't know. We're going to find out. I guess we'll find out. Time will tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, glad to have you. Um, thanks for doing it. Uh, so I wanted to... Um, I took a I took a listen to the new record a couple of times. Uh, nice, thank listen, you, brother. Yeah, man, listen to different songs here and there. The, the record's called Lo-Fi, and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, definitely digging. Let me go to I don't know all the titles yet. I can pull up my Spotify. Um, I definitely dig the one with Dan, the Surface. Yes, the Surface. Yep, that's a that's a cool one. I'm trying to. It's been interesting seeing how and what people react to something fresh. First of all, they're like. You know, they got that kind of seagull mentality. They're like, pepper? Not pepper? Pe what? What is? Wait. Oh, it is not pepper. Okay. What? Wait. What's happening here? Like, so it's just the one guy. So it's just what happened? Where did you kill the other guys? Or what happened? I just watched Bohemian Rhapsody. What's going on? <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. Oh my god. No. So it's been super fun. But honestly, it's. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of poking fun at that. But like barely anyone everyone's just gets it and they're just stoked with new music and uh, i know you know it's they've just been super welcoming cool but they kind of just jump to the front the, the phase of like telling me what they like and why and what songs and that's been really interesting and fun and you mentioned the surface a second ago with dan like dan and i uh got in there i know shoot it had to be around the, the week or so that you kind of popped into conatown recording Mm -hmm. it was right around there like over the summer or whenever that was where you just walked in and i was like howie what and you're like yes i'm here <laughs> hey <laughs> just popping in i was told that there would be marijuana here i'm like well come on in <laughs> <laughs> or however that happened i forgot then, about that yeah i know like... i just like, dude it was crazy what was it one love or i can't remember what what valley who was in in town for but i think it was concerts but it yeah, was i think so it was cool one to love. see you but right around that time is when we we're kind of starting to work stuff out and I just was showing Dan that track and and around that same time and he was just about to leave for some shows and he's like, okay, well, let me think on it. And I just forgot to give him a copy of it. So he just, he basically like took off with his, in his mind, like we had a good time. He was like, wow, I just get a good feeling. He kind of scattered on a little bit. We didn't record anything. We just kind of show and tell and listen to different tracks on lo-fi and, and show him some of the other stuff I've been doing too. And it was cool, but I never gave him an actual copy to work with or to write to or to vibe to. And of course, Dan, he's such a trippy, stony, laid back dude, good with anything that like two months later when he came back to do it, he's like, cool, man, I'm really, I've been really excited to hear it again. I'm like, well, you haven't written anything or just done anything? He's like, no, man, you, you never, you never actually sent it to me. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what the fuck? And within like, I don't know. We just, you know how it goes. You start, you start drinking and enjoying and, and listening to other different music and j kind of jamming along and acoustics come out and weeds blazing and blah, blah, blah. And just the vibe got really good. We start talking about it and laughing going, well, there's no expectation. So by the end of the night, we were, you know, hugging each other and j jumping around because 
kind of without anything pre premeditated it was really fun and we just got into the vibe of the song it was still fresh for him and that made it fresh for us so when we started singing and tracking and doing things it kind of came from a really cool play of like you know two people connecting again and that kind of turned into a message of how much better things are when you're positive and how much you know just 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 kind of taking a deep breath in life and coming up to the surface that was what made us feel good and it was almost like Instead of just your normal bro down, it was kind of emotional. We felt good about it. We felt like, wow, I hope this touches people kind of how it is making us feel right now. And that that's what got recorded. Man, that's such a great feeling too when um, mm -hmm. when the shit just flows. Especially oh. when you're when you're collaborating with other people. <clears throat> sure. Um which can it be hit or miss all the time. Totally. Yeah. I've done plenty of writing sessions and um it's mm -hmm. it's great when you just feel like there's no uh, uh it, um, nothing's I don't know nothing's getting held back it's just sort of like everything's just rolling right, and, right. Uh, no wrong out. moves right yeah like you can't do anything wrong like everything oh that's a cool idea that inspires the next idea no no, no you're right you're very it's a, it's a really freeing feeling for those of you that don't know but yeah and then there's times where you're excited to work with a, a an artist maybe you've been looking forward to or or you, you have a song that you feel an idea that you're really excited about and you're ready to present it to another artist and you just, for whatever reason, you trip over your own dick and you just don't bring it that day. You don't have enough coffee. And what you thought was magic and going to be rad turns out like, oh, okay, cool. And you're like, Jesus, why did I do, what happened? Totally. Where were you? <laughs> I know. I, I hate when I, uh, I'm in a session with working with someone else, a co-write, and yeah. I feel like I'm not bringing it. Like they're bringing oh, it yeah. and I want to fucking, it, the challenge is there. It's like palpable <laughs> for me. And I, I yeah. need to, it's not that I want to win or anything. It's not like that. It's not like a competition. It's just, I want to feel as important. Like I want them to feel like, oh man, this guy's like on his shit. He's, it he's, is. he's good at this, you know? Right. It is. And you're not right. It's not competition, but it's something in between in there. Where it's your motivation to, to, to hold up your end of the bargain and, or stoke those guys out to where they walk out and like, fuck man, that Howie kid. Woo. What the fuck? Wow, that guy really, that guy's amazing. He's like, he's like a, a Manute Bowl versus uh, uh, Nick Jonas. If you had, if those two had sex, you know, he's just, he's, he's a genius. Dude, and, that, and that's exactly what I go for every single time. <laughs> Manute Bowl, Nick Jonas. Yeah. Nailed it. You fucking nailed it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. I did, I did some shit on your, on your record. That's that day. I forgot when I, that I said that. I heard there would be marijuana here. Yeah. No, <laughs> You're like, it was what? so funny. Yeah, you I'm thought so was gonna hook it up the band. For when that in that 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 part just haunts me too. I know you didn't know what you were doing, but it's in the mix and it's so fun. Like I look forward to when it kind of finally pops out on. Yeah, there's this really cool harmony. I won't spoil it for people, but it was really fucking fun to hear it. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, can we put this in all the choruses? <laughs> and everyone's like, but then it's just like only eating chocolate for dinner, for breakfast. For I'm like, okay, we'll wait. We'll wait for dinner. We'll wait for the you know, kind of the outro chorus on it, but it's, I, I sing it to myself kind of live or whatever when I, when I have been doing it and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Or I'll kind of nudge the guys and I'll be like, do the part, do the part. So it's kind of fun because you got to pick and choose. There's all, there's obviously so many, only enough microphones and singers to do it, but that part is really full and flush and ending. But uh, that one's uh, for the Hi-Fi album, which oh. of course is not lo-fi we have a concept record thing happening here can you believe it I like this high, there's a theme little high little low so yes. this so this brings me to uh that a good question then uh songwriting so you mentioned about like let's save it for the for the, the outro chorus whatever 
So <clears throat> you're a believer in you should tell a story, not only mm -hmm. with the lyrics, but with the music as well, from front to back. Like in that three yeah. or four minutes, you should tell a story, like let it start kind of small and build up to something. Absolutely. I mean, there's a billion ways to do it, as you know, but I'm a fan of if you're writing pop music, I think it should be really easy for people to not have to, they shouldn't have to think. They should just start to enjoy and kind of come to their own conclusions, whether it's, what did he mean by that? Which is a lot of fun too. I mean, you, and there's, there's, there's writers that are throwing that stuff out there and kind of teasing your mind. And as a listener, you're a fan of that because you, oh, you want to be intrigued instead of having it spelled out for you more like, I don't know, like an Ariana Grande song or whatever, like where it's just like, this is what it is, you know, or, or any kind of pop. But I do like when it's, there's a little bit left to speculation. But the main point is to me, that story that you're talking about that's being designed is the people should be able to follow along and just enjoy other elements of it and not be stuck on what does this mean exactly or what it should be like. Okay, cool. In my mind, that would be the perfect, you know, just, just like when you listen to music that you really dig, you feel warm and surrounded by it, but you know the story, you're just enjoying it so much hearing the story, even if it's like the nine millionth time you've heard it. So for that part, yeah, it is kind of fun where there's a beginning, you know, the middle, and then of course an end or a summation is kind of nice. And and the vocal you put on there is like, oof, that feels like I'm rolling in to tip back into town. The boys are back in town. The, your voice almost sounds like a train whistle. <laughs> That's what I always whistle. Like it comes in, it's, like, it's got this really cool woo in it. Yeah. And uh, it feels like when you're coming home, when you're probably like how you feel when you, you guys are done, you guys roll, you know, done with touring for the year and you do that roll down the strip. I don't know if Maryland's uh, small enough to that. But that's how I do in Kona when we go home for the, the home shows. You know, we roll right through town and honk the horn at people and, you know, because it's such a small town. And that's a good feeling of coming home. And that's how I like the end of the song to feel. That's great. Yeah, it's like a it's like a celebration in your heart. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was fun. Thanks for having me do that, by the way. That was so weird and impromptu. It was like, I was like, hey, you should maybe do this there. If you don't mind me saying something. You're like, yeah, okay, cool. You get in there and do it. I was like, all right, give me a beer. <laughs> I love it, kid. You come to LA. We love it, kid. You're, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Get in there. Sing us a song. Sing us a song. Get in there. Get in there. Yeah, exactly. I'm wearing cigars and like dressed like Mad Men now. You come out. That was great, Howard. Howard, I'd like to introduce you to Freddie Frankie Shop. Yeah, Frankie Shop. Shop Records, six album deal. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool and inspired. You're like, hey, that's I'm, that sounds cool. What about this? We just all looked at you like you were prey. You're like, yes, coming to step stepping in this box, Howard. I like that. Like a Looney Tunes cartoon when they're looking at him and he fucking turns into like a, a big fucking uh, hey, a turkey, a big turkey, big turkey, big turkey, big turkey. And everybody's <laughs> drooling and tuning you out. They don't hear a word you're saying. But guys, yeah. wait, what, what are you looking at? <laughs> no, it's so true. I was gonna say too. Also on that, um, there's another feature as far as the songwriting thing. There's uh, another feature on there uh, with uh, Hyrie's on there, and it was really cool. With her, it was a little a totally different vibe. Then with Dan, obviously, they're completely different artists, even though they're really close friends and touring partners and know each other so well and everything, but totally different vibes is where Hyrie came in, like, you know, boom, like exactly, at, you know, uh, 11 a.m. on the dot, and she had fucking, her guitar was tuned up, and she looked like a million bucks, and she's ready to go, and she's so sweet, she's like, let's do this, you know what I mean? Like, well, like oh, shit, I'm going to need some more coffee. Again, that's always my problem, I need more coffee. <laughs> yeah she's um, she's pro as fuck she's pro as fuck and she's great and she got right in there and you know we kind of started showing her stuff and the original song that i kind of had uh 
dialed in that I was thinking she could, you know, rock with us for a spot on the record that, that I was really feeling like, oh, Hyrie's going to kill this. Um, I'm trying to think of the name because it's kind of a working title. Um, I, I, it won't come to me, but it was a totally different song. And, you know, she kind of would listen to it and she kind of heard the vibe of what I've already laid down and sung on it. And I go, well, what do you think? And she's like, she's like, well, I want, can I be honest with you? I was like, yes, here we go. She goes, I have done so many features where it's like the people, you know, kind of always, you know, it's a guy singer typically because, you know, that's, you know, guys kind of dominate this genre, sure. unfortunately, or, you know, what, whatever it is, that's just the way it is for right now as far until more female artists like her pop up and kick ass, whatever. And, and, and she was kind of sharing with me. She's like, you know, it just kind of feels like I'd be inspired to do this kind of the same old thing where it's a heartbreak song, but then they're coming, you know, it's a relationship and it's kind of come back together and they unite in a duet and blah, blah. And immediately I was like, Oh, I could just see, I was like, well, that's not very inspiring. You know, if, if you've been down that road or we've done that a couple of times or whatever, like that's not, that's not vibe. And I was like, instantly, I just, reached in my back pocket and I was like, well, what about this one or whatever? Because this one, you know, and I just, it ended up being let you go. And I was like, I'm kind of having a thought and a, a feeling here. And I don't know, I wonder how it would be if you translated it. Cause it's not about a relationship. It's about just something in your life that it's time to let go of. And you just fuck, you don't know how to do it. And you just have to do it and you got to let go of it. And I go, I wonder what her interpretation would be. So we sat down, went, went in the little kind of writing room, and the next next to the big old grand you know, piano and mm -hmm. start jamming around and playing and just it just it just came out in a way it was really cool to see her inspired by me not exactly knowing what i was trying to say in this kind of part of the song what i was singing but her going oh well this is what it means to me and it was two different it's almost like two people on each side of town opposite sides walking to the middle kind of flushing out their story almost on the phone with someone, either telling someone how they let go of something or someone, and then and then the other side, you know, and almost like you meet in the middle at the end of the song, it's a crescendo of just almost like, you know, when people are kind of actually physically letting go, like almost at the end of a fucking yoga class or or, or at the end of a night of drinking and they're just there's no longer any filter anymore. Mm -hmm. That's how that song felt. And it was really cool. And it wouldn't have happened if she wasn't cool and brave and felt enough to say, you know what? I want, I would like, I, you know, I'd like to try something else. And I was really stoked she did. She crushed it, man. That's another song that I remembered actually <clears throat> from the first time. Um, she did. She yeah, really she, did. She did great. Her voice is awesome. And the, the lyrics are um, just, yeah, she, they're, they're sharp. She made it her own too. You know, she kind of, she wrote on the kind of melody that we were already vibing on to make it. She's just, she's just great. She's really cool. So it was cool. So we trade when we jammed in there. So lo-fi going back to the concept album too. Lo-fi, we did, you know, 90% of it in low fidelity, meaning we wanted to do it the old school way. So we tracked literally not just the music live for most of it. The few overdubs you do here are either in a remix and or there's something that we kind of programmed on these old school little analog, uh, uh, like digital uh, uh, like processing machines. They almost look like calculators. They're the dorkiest thing you've ever seen. But you turn them on and they almost go bloop, 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 and you turn knobs and they go faster or they change their pitch. And you, it's so fucking weird. So, but again, we wanted to do it that way because we wanted it to be lo fi. You know, it probably felt like, you know, 
like people writing a writing a, a record during you know the filming of Stranger Things. That's kind of how it felt. It was very like retro in that way, and it was fun. And a lot of the vocals I used was just the scratch that you know me either in the control room singing along to the band, kind of jamming over you know live takes. So that's where low fidelity came from. Uh, uh, the whole concept of it of that was to go back to that old school day. That's why if you listen at the end of you know, kind of fade outs or whatever like that. You can hear people either talking or laughing or like just little edits of guitar that we couldn't take out because we liked those takes and they were live. And you got to love that, <clears throat> that raw approach, man. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. It was fun to do. I love that. So there, there wasn't like a lot of overthinking and, and not a lot of editing and things like that. It was just sort of. Just no, it was, it was just, no, not at all. It takes was, and uh, done. Few takes and done. And then, yeah, exactly. And then a lot of, like I said, old school gear, like, in 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 Conatown recording, we've we've just been really investing a lot of time into like just every everything's so modern now. It's fun to be able to have real, true analog gear. Like I've taken two trips down to San Diego already uh, just to go pick up gear because we found these really cool gear gurus that work on old school vintage gear. Because I mean, there's not a need for it anymore because you know how it is. Your plugins are basically you know, as good, at least to the, to the casual listener, you know, they don't know the difference that that's, you know, all that processing power that comes from your thing. This is actually like, I was actually turning knobs. I was encouraged by, you know, the, the group of guys that I was working with. They're like, come on, you got to dub out your own album. You got to do this stuff. So I'm turning knobs and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. And, you know, I'm trying to do this. It was really fun though with real tape echoes and it was, it was just really cool. But this is all actually very, it's very expensive to do to kind of re- rebuild these things but man we use them all the time and they're so fun and when other artists come in and track you know we'll kind of show them what we did and they're like i want to use that too and i'm like good for you it's not just button pushing you know it's like kind of has that old school feel and within that when you do it the old school ways you kind of feel more tied into the process and i think that brings out more of you in your own music so it's really fun that's pretty rad i didn't, I didn't know that <clears throat> we're um, yeah we, we might come through there i talked to you saw about it we might come through there for a few days after one love well, we're excited. I heard I heard rumors, but uh, I'm not holding my breath until I actually see you roll in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like we were talking about uh, maybe doing something because I, I don't like uh, we've got some stuff going on out there after mm -hmm. One Love, but there's like a yeah. there's like four or five days of just of just nothing, and I don't want to do nothing. Like I want I want to work. So um, Sounds, I, fig oh yeah. I figured you know, get in the studio and do some songs. You know, you know that's the ballyhoo way right there. That's what I remember signing you guys back 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 way back 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 on is that same that same ethic you know that, that you guys always not even not even like oh we have to do it so let's do it, just do it but that same hey we're here let's let's use every inning of the ball game i don't know why i'm using so many sports references probably because <laughs> the, the steelers won yesterday and i'm just like i'm like a rolling espn machine i'm like did you know the stats or whatever i People love the video you sent me before the call too yeah great. dude see that's where i'm at right now with that oh my god so we had that guy in there Simon, do you know simon rex you know dirt nasty yeah okay so we had we had him in Kona town and he was like he's so the opposite like his character dirt nasty is just the opposite of who he is it's so funny so when you get regular simon it's so funny it was like he was there when we started to implement some of the uh some of the analog gear and he's like well, well you know this is really cool but so anybody can do it like i can turn your knob like that's cool if i turn knobs and it was just so he was like a <laughs> he turned into like a nerdy jewish professor i was so <laughs> i was so happy i was like okay 
you're going to turn into Dirt Nasty soon when we start tracking vocals, though, right? <laughs> so, so funny. Such a hilarious dude. That's great. Yeah, I've, I haven't met that guy yet. He seems like a, a nice dude. Oh, dude, he is. He's really professional, cool, very talented, very funny. But that's uh, he, he's got the Instagram that I literally can't live without. I need to see what's going on with him. Yeah, after the video you sent me, I'm about to subscribe. Check it out. Get, get, on, <laughs> get on there. Get on there. Get on it. Um, so man, you guys, uh, so the first time I remember hearing Pepper, I, I'm pretty sure was, mm -hmm. um, I want to say it was like, oh, three, maybe, okay. um, possibly, I think it was when, uh, in with the old was coming out. Was that oh, three? That could have been, was that oh, three or four? I'm so bad with the dates and stuff. I feel it's like it was oh, three. Cause I remember, yeah. uh, no shame was like oh, six, right? Yes, yeah, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Kona Town was a couple of years before In With The Old. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, exactly. I, I don't remember if I, if I, you know what I think it was? I think I heard, yeah, that's right. The first song I ever heard from you guys was um, uh, Love Affair. There you go. Okay, it, yeah, that was on In With The Old. Yeah, and like I was like, this is fucking dope. It was just so simple. It's just the three of you, you know? And yeah, like, it's very simple. Yeah, and that was uh, Ron St. Germain, right, producer? Exactly. It's so funny. That song and you saying that reminds me. You're like, it's so simple. I just remember that guy dancing in front of us for probably like 45 minutes. And he's, he's you know, he's been around a long time. He's not a young, spry guy, but he's got so much fucking energy. You're like, are you kidding me? And he goes, that's not right. Keep playing it. Keep playing it. And the tape machine, that was all done on tape too. And we were so impressed because he's done so many albums we liked, but he wasn't known as a producer yet. But the ones he had done were like 311's Blue Album, which is, you know, one of my all-time favorites. For and, sure. Uh, and he had mixed like, you know, uh, tools undertow and and but then other stuff too like while we we're in the studio with him actually the apple the apple camp uh, apple records whoever runs whoever owns that part of uh, the beatles estate they wanted him to remix they were doing something called let it be mm -hmm. naked and they were desperately trying to get him to mix that it was so crazy and he, he just kept saying no no i'm in with these pepper but he just kept saying it like, wow that, that was a time where he's really peaking with his career he's always peaking but he's been around for so long it's like He's yeah. awesome, but he would just kept dancing, and he would like. There's a swing in here, guys, and you need to find it and land on it, and that's what we're gonna use. And I'm gonna not leave this room until you do it. And he's like yelling out loud, and we're like, "Aren't is that gonna pick up on the thing?" And we just kept playing it, dun dun, boom, and we just kept doing it. We're like, "This guy's absolutely crazy. What's going on?" But within like 30 minutes, it became real to us and we're like oh fuck this is a real this guy's really trying to show us something serious about music like and you know young drunk a-holes like think you know you think you know everything and you rule the world and whatever and it was really cool being in there because he was he had such a such an authentic way to teach to people that weren't really teachable but he just found a way to do it so like in constantly 24 7 in that studio we did it all up at uh at 311 studio at the hive and it was really cool being there but every day like all he would ever have is andrew blake porno on he's like kind of like a you know like that's all it was it was on on every screen in every room it's constantly porn playing and you know he, we wouldn't drink a lot but we were constantly drinking and he was he never really drank but he was just always stoked to keep us in this way 
It was really fucking crazy. And then he'd have these books around. He'd tell us interesting facts. And then he'd be like, if you guys nail this song today, if you nail all the drums on it, I'm going to tell you the coolest story about uh, about Robert Plant that you didn't know. Or sorry, uh, Jimmy Page that you didn't know. That like he'll probably, if anybody finds this out, he'll probably go to jail even now. I'm like, oh my God. So what's it going to be? He's like, but you got to nail this part. Like, just so cool. So much history. That really kept us involved in that. But yeah, that was in with you. That was a fun, fun, trippy time. Wow, that's a. I've heard of you know producers doing, um, you know, doing things and setting setting the vibe. You know, to, to get the, uh, you know, to get the musicians to to really come out of their shells. That's very interesting and different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get you guys works. drunk and we're gonna watch porn all day. Yeah, and and he'd stop too, like mid mid thing. Like, oh wait, 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 guys, hold on. We're like, why? What? What's going on? You know, this is just after he gave us direction about how to do a take or do something. No, 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 And then you just, and he'd leave the playback and I'm like, that's right, girl. You deserve that. You just enjoy that. <laughs> and he's watching his favorite. He's like watching porn. He's like, no, no, no. And it was like, it was really like, it wasn't regular porn. It was like very, I don't know, what do you call it? Like avant-garde, like really just bougie. Probably hipsters would watch this nowadays. Like, that type of porn, you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was like shot all, you know, on all on actual film. And it wasn't super old. It, like the guy was known as an artist. So for him, he wasn't really perving out. He was just watching art. And so that's Real another highbrow. Yo, full, but it's just so highbrow. So highbrow. <laughs> just, just great Gatsby porning. Top drawer porn. Top drawer porn. And he, uh, he, he would just do that, but he'd stop us. We're like, okay, we're psyched. And he'd give us all this information. You're going to really lay back and Brett, just hold that note out and let it go. As soon as the, as soon as you hear his, his snare drop, then you let go of the note and then, and then cloud, you know, and then, whoa, 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 you know, after so, so like we're trying so hard to retain this information. And he's like, oh yeah, there, you get that girl. You deserve it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tire, tire up tighter with that scarf. Good. good. And we're like, oh my God. So, I mean, that's kind of the vibe. What the fuck, know. dude? That's crazy. I know. I know, That's I know. Crazy. He'd take us flying in his airplane. It was crazy. It was, it was pretty nuts. Wow. So, how long was the the session? Oh, God. probably took at least a month. But I feel like he dragged it on because he he was stoked with us. I mean, he had fresh pupils. You know, he had just got done. He was always working with Three Eleven, but those guys, you know, were you know ten or fifteen years ahead of us, maybe as far as doing it. And those are actual musicians that know what the fuck they're doing and could. You know, they could kind of push back a little bit more on him. Like, I don't know, say, eh, I don't, we should try this or whatever. And as where we were just like, just young, fresh virgins for the slaughter. Of like, really? That's so cool. So I'll just, so I put my tongue in the, in the input jack and it'll cool, create a sound, you know, just falling for every trick. <laughs> so like, we probably took, I'd say about five weeks of just hanging out up there and little missions. And he encouraged shows too. So we'd like play at the troubadour for kind of no reason last minute just you know just be like i want to watch this vibe and we'll take that in there it's kind of cool that's great man yeah damn it definitely um, was yeah <clears throat> so um let me see so i guess uh what am i trying to say here uh when you guys so law records that's been around um i want to get you sat on here too and talk about this because i know you guys get the name from like his dad's old band his dad's old band. Are you talking about my stepfather? Is that your stepfather? Yes, it is your can stepfather. You, can you believe that? Yeah. No, he, he. I was just with him like a couple of days ago, and I found this. It's so cool when, when your parents like get older and you can do things like give them weed <laughs> <laughs> or, or have them ask for weed. Hey, and they try and ask in such a cool way. 
And I'm like, oh, really? Don't you guys have like, you know, like worship soon or something? <laughs> like whatever. So he just had a birthday. Um, his birthday was the 15th this month, literally. So that's is Roy Williams. We call him the law because he is he is the law. The law was a three piece hard rock band uh, that started out in L.A. And uh, yeah, they came, you know, just like everybody else. But it's very fascinating. Uh, this the history of Roy Williams, of my stepfather, Yassad's father, are basically the godfather of, of Pepper. Um, not only did he start that record label for his own band, The Law, that's what they're called, they released one record, but he came out there just like Axl Rose style from Indiana, drove out there, just, I'm tired of these cornfields, and just like, I'm going to be a rock star or whatever. But before he did that, he didn't mean to, but he actually got involved and became one of the high ups in uh, one of the biggest love cults there was in L.A. It was pretty crazy. Whoa. There's a couple documentaries about it already because they were on Netflix for a while. It's called The Source Family. The Look Source it up. Family. You'll, you'll trip out. There's many, many scenes where you'll see the law, a.k.a. Roy Williams, in there. Just like, And they dominated. It all started from a health food restaurant that was very popular. John Lennon was eating. Everybody, that, everybody was eating. It was like one of the first big kicks of when like – health food and it was like the first wave of hipsters basically was rolling in there and yoga was a cool thing and eastern religions but he headed that thing up and there is a guru in there and his name was yahweh and he was gnarly he was like don king in a way he'd killed two people and you know but he's a former army ranger he came over to hollywood he was in he was actually in one of the early versions of tarzan he played tarzan where there's no speaking or anything like that oh, he's just he's just this very you know, just this powerful presence of a man. And anyway, so he had this restaurant and there's all these hipsters coming around doing, he decided, I'm going to go over and learn from the Eastern greats. And he went to India and studied and came back and he was just this force to be reckoned with. And people, he basically convinced this entire family. It ended up being a few thousand people. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. And he just like was making so much money, but he was still living this life. He He bought like, I don't know, an old Nixon estate or something, this huge Beverly Hills mansion. It was crazy. And these people would just do these things and these teachings. And there was all this huge family and they just lived together and they owned restaurants and they were, he basically had all these free employees and it was so crazy. Anyway, so after that is when Roy got out of that after it started going south. And uh, that's how I actually moved to Hawaii. They moved the convent, or excuse me, they, the, the family to Kauai and eventually the 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 guy died there he was hang gliding up in the mountains of Kauai, and he got in a terrible wreck and should have been dead but he was so tough he stayed alive and he's like do you think we should get a doctor and they were all like whoa 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 we don't use doctors in this family what's going on it started to unravel from there oh wow yeah it's totally tra crazy but anyway so we inherited the record label of that because his life totally changed thank god it did but you know that's how he got to hawaii that's how yasad was born that's how you know the whole portion of Pepper started out there too. But years later, he'd already done all the paperwork and the filing and everything it took to do that and create that entity. And we just kind of picked it up and ran it. And eventually signed great bands like Ballyhoo. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a good experience, man. That was, um, I, remember, I remember having that, we had like the little, I guess, uh, quote, business meeting with you guys at, at 930 Club. It was in 2010. It was on oh, the, yeah. the Like a Surgeon tour. Like a surgeon tour. <laughs> when Stitches came oh out. Oh my God. 
Yeah, dude. That was that was two thousand and eight i think it was 2010 because we were 2010 um, okay yeah because we were talking about the deal and what was gonna you know just kind of ideas we had and stuff like that and then uh, sure. not long after that we signed the deal and started right. recording the record in uh early 2011 right man okay shoot now you're taking me far far back whatever happened to that did you ever do that acoustic version of of was it love letters no or it's called or something was it Love Letters or something different? I know Love Letters has been out, but... Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I did... Uh, I, Love Letters has been around for a long time. I, I did that Yeah, it has, time. but maybe it's a different song that I can't remember if it was or not, but I remember that acoustic version you did. I was I was like, we have to use this. Howie, come on, be strong. We got to do... You're like, but I, think, I was remember, like, it was such a cool rendition. <laughs> you know how that is. You can take a rad song and then do it in a different way and it like completely changes the scope of everything yeah for sure i remember i sent you guys i did like a, a cover of kingston town and sent that to you guys Ooh. Into that. Interesting. i'm smelling an acoustic uh, an acoustic album yeah yeah definitely <laughs> on the brain i just haven't i got so much shit going on all the time and then i add a podcast <laughs> into it i'm like oh just just more things to do i know dude but that's that's your style though man just go rock it to the wheels fall. What, what have you got to lose what have you got to what are you gonna you can sleep when you're dead that's one of the best things there is yeah there's no other way man for me it's just like just keep doing shit keep moving always working mm-hmm. you know if i'm mm-hmm. not working i'm like i'm wishing i'm working you know Oh yeah, and if I'm if I'm around when you guys are coming through there, which I'm, I'm hoping I am, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see I'm gonna convince you to to get something acoustic down again. Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah, okay, that's happening. <laughs> the oh. people, the people, the people will hear this and they they will be they will be avenged if you do not uh, accomplish this. <laughs> uh, it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. So tell us about Warp Tour. When was the first time? Oh my God. Warp tour. You guys are like fucking staples. We uh we we better been. We were fucking crew before we were uh artists. Oh, tell us about that. <laughs> oh my god. I just saw Kenny, big Kenny. Uh who used to run uh one of the warp tour warp tour stages. I yeah. can't remember which one because he switched so many times, but he's just a giant, beautiful man. He's like the face of what every like Sons of Anarchy should have just had his face on there. He's sure. like totally. he's like half Half biker god, half model, I don't know, half Jesus. He's called Thor. Yeah, exactly. He he is that guy, but he's just such a sweet, sweet, like, he's just been there and done it all, and he's willing to share that with you if he likes it. And if not, he'll literally pick you up and throw you like an empty keg over the barricade and just will never see you again. Easily. So, yeah, him and the entire crew back in 2000 two i think is or 2001 maybe even when we first got on it we were so excited we just signed with uh vulcan entertainment that's what it was called back then mm-hmm. and we were super psyched because a we got signed we didn't even know what that really meant um we were like cool we gave them uh given it which was our demos but they just randomly put it out we're like what the we had no idea i remember <laughs> we signed documents we didn't even know what they were and we're so bummed. We're like, those are demos. Like, what are you doing? And within a minute, there was artwork and everything. Because at the time, the artist, uh, Ben Bruff, he was a former pro surfer from the Big Island. And uh, one of our best surfers that we had, he was super progressive at the time. He was one of the first guys to do 
he's really he's just doing huge airs in surfing back then was just such a kind of a not a no-no but like such a kid such a grommet thing to do and he was just screw that he made it super cool he'd you he'd just blast airs in contests and he the fact that he was doing that as a hawaiian surfer was just kind of like really going against the you know the, the code in that way and and you know, like, I, I don't know, just like he was just really known for that. And so was Volcom. Volcom was youth against establishment. That was their thing. So he fit perfectly with them. And when he was done with surfing, he was a great artist. And so he started working, uh, you know, as one of the art directors there at Volcom and work, worked out perfect. And he goes, he'd created the, uh, it was actually the second Pepper logo back in the day. Scratch logo, the one that looks like somebody got murdered mm-hmm. and or and or had an orgasm the somewhere. Which are, depending what color it's in. If it's in red, <laughs> it's a murder. If it's in white, it's something else. But he created all that out of pure angst and fury because his girlfriend back in the day designed our first, uh, first very first logo. And it was super cool. It was like an underwater scene. It was really cool. She was an artist too. That's why they're together. And I guess she cheated on him or screwed him over and he was so mad he tried to rip up all the 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 posters and or you know like stickers we'd had made that we'd put money into which were like what is this guy doing and he was like you know no you're not going to use that he ripped them off everything and ripped them down and tried to like get us to throw away the the old ones he's like i'm designing your new one screw that bitch (laughs) and so that's pepper comes from a very pure place in art and fury (laughs) So he designed that one. Anyway, so he was working there, so it made it really easy where he'd do all these original paintings and sketches, and we'd love them, and he just would do them, and that we'd, we'd all watch him paint these things out at Volcom in you know in, in Newport. It was such a trip to watch that live art, and then he would just, we'd, we'd all decide on it, and we'd cut the pieces out of, you know, sometimes out of his, you know, right off of the, because uh, back then you had to, we had such a low budget way of doing it. We'd have to like photocopy everything. It was such an archaic way of doing it. We used to make our own flyers in there. It was crazy. Nice. Xerox machines. I still remember the smell. Yeah. And we, we, yeah, we'd, we'd get in trouble because we'd make flyers for shows that were too lewd. And we'd get, you know, we did called in the office of like, you can't be posting these up around here. We, we used to put like, you know, we, we thought it was cool because we'd always see like country things like that. Like country girls, bumper stickers would say, you know, save a horse, ride a cowboy. So we we're like, oh, that's a great idea. So we we come up with, you know, uh, save a whale, harpoon a big girl. You know, or, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I don't know. I, what do you want me to do? We're like, you know, 22 years old, 21, trying to figure it out. Life was so different back then. The world was so different. And you know, except say Volcom all over it. But uh, anyway, that was back in the day that we'd do that, and so we worked our way up even on the roster because eventually Volcom Entertainment had. CKY and they just had you know we were the sore thumb on there we we're just a reggae band on there I remember people walk around and they'd say things like oh you guys are in tour oh pepper oh pepper we're signing pepper oh it's gonna get all slightly stupid up in here huh like I mean that was it was just totally just what the you know and we didn't take it personally we're just like you know they were going after something so different there it was very hardcore based it was very punk based it was very metal and you know, and we just kind of kept on doing our thing and rock and roll. And they said, hey, go on Warp Tour. We got you a spot on Warp Tour. But what that actually meant, just like we got you a record deal, we didn't know that meant we're just going to put out these demo songs you gave us. It, it meant, yeah, you're on there. All you have to do is build the stage every day, the Volcom stage, and take it down every day and keep it repaired. And uh, yeah, and you guys basically run the, the, the Volcom stage. 
And, but guess what? You'll get to play a half an hour set every day. And we're like, wow, right on. What does that mean? We don't have a van or anything. Like, you can use the Vulcan production van. Wow. Good news. It totally works, but it doesn't have air conditioning. Oh, fuck. Oh, sick. So Brutal. we're going to do a summer tour. So that, that's, that was our beginning to Warp Tour. So we got out there literally just three coconut punch and virgins. No idea what's going on. <clears throat> you know, we all own like three pairs of Vulcan board shorts and that's it. No shirts, no anything. And that, that was literally us. And we just went to work. And we're a three-piece, so that was a bummer. It wasn't like we are some awesome you know, 90-piece real big fish ska band where we could like, okay, you guys, you you take the tent. You guys are going to design and build the giant circus tent that covers the stage. You guys, you guys do the foundation of it. No, it was three dudes and then coach would just be hammered always. So we'd use him for shade. He was our first <laughs> easy up. We'd lean him against something. And then Ramey was our, our, our sound guy. So he, he had actually worked the hardest. He, he was actually doing something out there. And he was the smallest, so we could put him on a skateboard on his back and wheel him under the stage to bolt it all together. So after all that stuff was done, we'd finally get to play, and we were exhausted. And that's where we met Tech Nine, uh, who now works for Sean Mendez. But he used to work for uh, – we stole him from Good Charlotte because he looked exactly like us, except he was from New Jersey. He had no shirt and just board shorts, and he loved surfing, but he was from New Jersey. And we're like – and he would steal the beer from Good Charlotte because those guys didn't drink or do drugs or anything like that. So it was awesome. He would steal their beer and we, because we didn't have any beer. We weren't statusy enough to have beer. We just had water. So it was a really good time. And, and, and because of that, we would, you know, the crew was looking at us like these aren't just some douchey, you know, emo kids doing it, you know, whatever, just another band that will be, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, and we'll, we'll see a new crop of them next year. And I'm just saying emo because that's what was hot then, you know, and whatever. And, and so we'd be there and we kind of earned our way onto the stage every couple of years. And, but we'd done a full year touring, bleed, bleeding, running forklifts, doing everything, being crew that it was, we, we became family in that way. So anytime they see Pepper, they're like, ah, those guys earned their way there instead of, you know, just by, you know, signing, signing a record deal or just you know getting a video on mtv at the time you know whatever they were like those guys and, and they didn't tell us that they just they would they would tell that story lovingly all the time and that's how we just you know kevin lyman saw that and so he'd always kevin you know likes to reward the people that are that are out to learn and out to grow and you know that's why he's such a good dude and and why his you know touring has lasted so long and continues to last too i know warp tour finally is going part-time but i mean that's still a huge accomplishment accomplishment the longest running tour in history and all the other things but he uh you know he went out and mentored people and stuff so we were always all ears about that and that's that's what tour we got we probably got the most out of warp tour than anyone because we learned it from the ground up i'll say and so um, you guys definitely worked for it that people don't know like that that tour is like i try to like when people ask us about warp tour we've done it twice two two full tours and right People try to, like, when they want me to explain it, like, what's Warped Tour like? I'm like, okay, well, you know, like, when you go to, like, a festival, music festival, and you got your, maybe, maybe brought a backpack or a fanny pack, and you're wearing shorts and a tank top, and you get sunburnt, and you're really tired at the end of the night, and maybe you're, you've been drinking, too, and you're just wasted, and you're, you're just exhausted. Well, like, imagine right. doing that 50 times in a row all summer <laughs> long, you know, 100, 120 degrees in parking lots sometimes. You know, because those people are just going to go home, go to sleep and then go to work on Monday. You know, it's like we're, oh, we're yeah. out there doing it every day. But bands like you guys in the beginning and other bands that we've seen, 
um, that like the bands that run the barbecue uh, after the shows oh, every yeah, couple barbecue, nights yeah. and um, oh, yeah. you know there, there was a band that in 2012 that was doing it uh, just in a van passenger van and they didn't have a trailer and uh, they had a like a big uh, smoker attached to it because they would they would cook all the food every night and right. they weren't getting paid to do the tour they were just like making money off of tips yeah and then they play on like the ernie ball stage or something for 30 minutes and like i remember thinking like that's fucking brutal like yeah you know <laughs> it is fucking brutal it's insane <laughs> um that's the part of it that's one of the last you know it's a true how can i put this it's one of the last true which i'm so grateful that we got to to kind of cut our teeth and, and learn the ropes that way is because that, I mean, that's the most brutal, you know, kind of aspect of it or, or example of it. But you, back in the day, you, that's how things were. There was no, everywhere you went, I mean, even touring artists that were, were doing it, it just wasn't easy. It wasn't like, you know, I, I don't know when, when a tour bus broke down or when you wanted to call, call home to your family, it was on a payphone, you know, I mean, these original days. And even before then, they didn't even have tour buses. They just do caravans like Elvis and stuff like that. They do caravans of, you know, limousines and cars and things like that. Like, it's so hard to maintain your sanity and your life and staying connected to your real life when you go on tour, even now, even now it is. And now we have like FaceTime and, and you know, like I, I can call you, I can be in China right now. And I can walk outside and, you know, call home and talk to your family if you want to do. You can just you can just do that. Yeah. And and before it was like every little step you had to earn, you had to do something. There was there was a method to it. There were, and, and I said, I feel like that's just so gone in the way of cutting your teeth. And I think that's a huge missing part about when artists come up nowadays is they don't everything is so easy and, and is so accessible that you can just put your music out and it goes to as many people who will listen. I mean, think about that. When you used to press albums and I mean, people, but that, see that ease also, it creates a different type of artist is where, I don't know, the pressure, it's almost like, how, why is a diamond so beautiful in the end? I mean, it, it was a piece of coal at the beginning, but it went through everything. It went through all these hardships, failed shows or big, big, big opportunities being totally blown. Like, you know, you finally get to play this, you know, festival you've been wanting to play and you just absolutely go up there and shit the bed or you lost your voice or you have a terrible performance or 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 weather happens and you lose, you know, 90% of your crowd or what, whatever goes on. I mean, there's so many different things, but it feels like that's not really a thing anymore because everything's so prepackaged and taken care of and and accessible and, and, oh, I broke down. Oh, okay, that meant missing the show back in the day. Your bus broke. Hopefully you can, you know, it gets fixed in the next couple of days. You don't miss too much of your tour. Now it's like, what are you talking about? Another tour bus rolls right up behind it and picks you up. And, and, and even then, I mean, it's just like the show doesn't, it, it just, I don't know. It's just a different mindset. So I feel like Pepper got to see the door closing on things like that. Like our door was closing as like when records sold and then all of a sudden, Napster happened and file sharing. Like we 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 were on both sides at one point. Yeah, I think that's what's, that's kind of interesting. And and Warp Tour was a big part of that. Warp Tour was, you know, the end of a chapter of how hardcore artists, American artists, touring artists, bands, 
however you want to do it, really did. They had to earn their pecking order and do it. And, and you know, everybody that got in line, it didn't matter if, you know, like I said, if you were the big, if, you know, the guys eating the same catering, that Blink-182 guys were eating in the same line that Pepper was every day when they'd go and do it because that's the way people were treated on the warp tour. It wasn't like, oh, you get your own room or whatever. And, and they absolutely adored that and respected that. Every big artist did compared to the little guy building the stage. And that's something special about warp tour. It's like, it was an even playing field. It was respect is earned and you know, it's really cool. Yeah. You gotta love when you're standing there at the, uh, in the catering line and the tour manager walks in with the two, the two yellow tops from the merch bins oh, and he God. fills them up with like eight or nine plates. Cause uh, the fucking big, bigger band doesn't want to come get their own food. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the beginning of the end. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, there's different ones. There's, there's two where I, I used to, uh, who was it? I forget. I think it was like the, the singer of the U's. I think his name Bert. And so we'd always like, you know, it's funny, Bert and Brett, Brett, Bert, but, uh, whatever. And I would just, before I was, you know, friends with him, I, I just thought he was kind of douchey and he would, and he would, he would like, he was just that guy that just really wanted to be loud all the time and, you know, have, have kind of the attention on him all the time. And, and that's, that's fatiguing, you know, to be around like, come on, dude, we're, I'm just trying to eat my, my vegan meatloaf here, bro. Come on. <laughs> and you could just see to come in just, and, but nobody says anything. Everybody respects everybody. It's cool. So, you know, I would just do things. I, I, I just got his phone number from his tech or whatever, and I would just prank call him throughout the night, late at night. I'd just call him and pretend, who is this? And I just would mess with him to kind of get back with him for everybody all the time. <laughs> and it was super, it was, it was just, you just do things like that. You know what I mean? You just, you, you just, you're looking for things to keep, you know, it is 50 days in, you're, you're half hungover, half too tired, half drunk. And what are, you look for things to do. You play pranks on people. You, I don't know. It's fun. You have to break up the monotony for sure. You do break up the mon monotony. You know what I mean? You, it's at the end of the day, Yeah, exactly. You, you, you break it up, but you're, at the end of the day, you're a family, no matter what. No one ever, no, there's no beefs or anything. Some of the funnest things we got known for later on the later years of Warped Tour is we, we would host uh, like our own barbecue later so that the barbecue bands and the people that were working the last kind of crew because crew is working through the night but a lot of times they barely make it you know truck drivers bus drivers people they wouldn't they wouldn't get to you know a lot of the people doing the very last the, the, the ticket counts and things like that working in the offices so we would host our own barbecue and we put up like whatever all 10 of our easy ups if it was raining or whatever it was and uh and we just had Christmas lights everywhere that we decorate. We had our own DJ booth and we just do a full spread and just have people come. We'd end up these dance parties. So there's two lines in and you just walk up and plug in your, your iPod or your iPhone and just start DJing. And so those were some of the best moments ever seeing like, you know, you know, one guy from bad religion, just absolutely twerking, you know, the guy from kill switch engage is over there dancing with his wife you know, just, uh, you know, just at, at all emerging of everyone's who's who came to those things and really mix it up. And that was, that was something we would be really excited about. You know, we dress in our Aloha shirts and, you know, make the coach would make my ties like literally like two or 300. And, and it was like no thing for us. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't extracurricular work. It was a celebration of that tour. And that was something we'd always love to do. <clears throat> That's awesome, man. Yeah. It was really good times. Yeah. Um, yeah, Warped Tour was definitely something special. We, we, uh, <clears throat> we, one time the, 
the after party was in Maryland. There's a little sidebar, the 932, um, mm-hmm. which is like a small, I guess, 930 club owns it or whatever. And um, Kevin had uh, he had the interrupters play. Basically, it was like a three or four hour like live punk rock karaoke. So no like, way. yeah, so like interrupters, they got up there and they knew all these fucking songs. I couldn't believe it. All these like cover songs. And um they did like signups and they they signed me up for two songs. I sang a Green Day song and a Sublime song. And uh, Oh nice. Yeah, so there I am like <clears throat> in this in this bar and it's like everybody from the tour, all these other bands, like um fucking ronnie radke from falling in reverse and like yeah fucking less than jake guys are there like just all these fucking bands and like and i'm up there singing like fucking sansaria at the top of my lungs with the interrupters <laughs> backing me up and the whole oh fucking place God. is singing so loud it was like that's so sick. it was the best fucking party ever man it was oh uh, my god oh that's right yeah it was the, it was the one that the last one that we did with you guys and uh kaleo came up did a couple songs like it was just yeah no see i was saying that this seems totally fucking memorable to me i don't i don't know where i was doing it but that is so what a feeling that is man and that unity too like it's not like you're actually doing karaoke it's completely involved like the tour is there to just party and enjoy and literally they're there backing you up i think that's so crazy it was the coolest feeling it was one of the best fucking nights of my life i just felt like so because like growing up i was always like i was like popular but it wasn't like necessarily in like a like i wasn't getting a ton of girlfriends and shit like that i wasn't like okay. i was a fucking virgin until after high school like there you, go. <laughs> you nice. know so it's like uh it takes a lot to hold on to your v-card let me tell you um, <laughs> so uh but i always felt like awkward and nerdy and like tall and sort of like um some people exclude people squeeze to call me gumby because i like the way my hair was like spiked nice. up and like fucking i was wearing the jenkos with the big fucking bottoms and they call me fucking gumby <laughs> nice those are very sweet people i'm sure they're all burning in hell right now. <laughs> it's very possible um but uh so it's just to do something like that and sort of feel like i'm with people that are like that feel like i do you know sort of they were like the awkward kid in school you know in a way um or whatever it just kind of felt like too nerdy or geek whatever it is like it just it, it was just a whole thing going on it just felt like i was sort of with my peers you know <laughs> no for, dude peers but killing it and i know it when everything lines up yeah that could almost be like the, at the end of the 80s movie where you know the nerdy dude is finally crushing it or whatever he's you know he's joined the basketball team or whatever the fuck's going on <laughs> can't buy me and love he just like finally and he, exactly and he comes on at the right time and dances with the prom queen and the prom king's all bummed and he tries to get to whatever but he slips and falls in the punch like that was your moment dude <laughs> it really was <laughs> <laughs> funny as shit dude it's so funny <clears throat> but yeah those are some good memories on war tour for sure um so uh what's what's next for uh what's next for pepper and law records like what's going on i know you guys signed a, you guys signed a ton of bands last year yeah dude we're so so excited dude you're the foundation of one of that dude you're one of our our, our you know when when i use an example of you know talking to other you know, labels or executives or partners, possible partners for the record label. I always bring up your name. I always, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's Ballyhoo, it's Pacifier, it's Iration, you know, it's the supervillain. Like it's, it's, those are the marquee to me because we were all, you know, we, we get to watch your guys' careers become, you know, that's, if that's the best way, come to fruition in a way. And, 
and getting to be a part that, you know, to support you guys. And that was really fun. And then, and, you know, it's taken some time, but with growth, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff we've had to arrange and, and move around just to kind of, kind of do it even more and bring, bring law records to 2.0 and then 3.0. And now it's at 4.0 and, you know, and, and get, cause essentially you're getting, we're, we're having, it's not just a label. It's like, we're getting major big league distributions and partnerships to help release these albums that we truly believe in and are betting on, you know what I mean? So right. it's a, it's a huge investment of, of course, money, but also time. And we've earned that with our track record and, they, and it's cool to be able to know, you know, to talk to Sony's and talk to Atlantic's and universal and, and be like, no, and, and not have them question or like, oh, so, you know, what, what is this band? What's the numbers on this band? And, you know, how many, how many people are at their shows? And, and it's like, we're so far past that is where it was a big, you know, it was a struggle for, you know, you know, it's easy for us to put out our own music because, you know, we've been doing it so long, we have a track record and that's great. But to vouch for other bands and, 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 and to a point where, no, we're, we're playing with, we're, we're the house now. We're the ones who are believing in there. And then also to provide, still to provide the best possible record deals for artists. You know, everyone knows how it is. I mean, we, we signed the worst, you know, record contract in the universe, you know, to where, you know, those albums are just gone. Kona Towns and, and in with the olds that we talked about before, like those are never going to belong to us. It's sad. It's unfortunate. We've, we've wow. tried to buy them back or whatever, but they, they generate, too much income for uh, these labels and their staples and they, they can license them out to any movies they want in the future and they just own that and, and it's hard but Jesus Christ. that's the real yeah exactly and that's your art is gone and we never wanted anyone to ever feel like that again so we partner with the bands in a way that we would have liked to have been treated on and and you know, but still in a way that makes it so we can keep growing and do this for more bands and more bands and more bands. Well, yeah, you're a business first, right? Yeah, it's a business yeah. for crying out loud. Gotta run a course. business. But, but, it's, but it's done by artists. And that's the part that we've been able to come to fruition and be able to offer better, better, and better deals. And the risk is, is less and less and less because we know how to do it. We know how to bring this genre that we're so proud to be one of the forefathers in to the masses and it, as it becomes more popular, you know, we, it's such a joy to see, you know, like you guys out there accepted on the warp tour all those years and, and touring with real big fish and doing all these killer things that you're doing and watch pacifier, you know, go and start touring internationally in Europe and, and watch, you know, iration, you know, actually, you know, put music on the radio and chart and, and, and create their own career. Like we're proud to be a part of that. And law records is a proud to be a part of that. So like that's where it's been and where it's going. Like you said, we signed, I think might've been 10, but I feel like it's eight or nine, you know, different artists just within the last year. And that's a good feeling because they get to follow in your footsteps, except they, you know, they get to find their own take on it. We can offer so much more as we move forward and not just on the, the, the you know, the actual kind of on the, uh, the business side of things, but how to put bands together and the relationships we have, knowing what tours would do good, knowing, knowing what, you know, how to get them a booking agency, how to get them proper management and, and in any which ways are the fundamental steps to, to create an artist who's willing to work for it. That's the only, that's, that's something that will never change is like another reason why, you know, Ballyhoo is such a prime example is because the artists, when they're willing to work as hard as the people that are backing them up, whether it's their label or, you know, their, their 
their PR company or their management, the people that believe in them when they're willing to do that, then, you know, that's, that's a great union. So yeah, we're, we're putting a lot of time and effort these days uh, into the bands that we're doing that, you know, Yassad is literally, you know, he's been a figurehead with law records for so long, but he, he really is putting in so much time and effort and we each have our own things that we're kind of putting a maximum amount of like, he's never let go of that and he's been such a part of it when we hire someone for law records i mean they they have to know their shit and he makes sure of that you know we're not just hiring people that used to work at some other label or whatever it's like we're hiring people who know and appreciate the music and the genre and have vision for what it could be so that's really really important just the same way that um you know yes but what else pepper's up to like clout has been so passionate with the with the wine and and you know we're on our third our third uh, <clears throat> wine that's come out is that we just had the Kona Town blend. Kona Town Two blend just came out, and and like he's he's up there, literally up in Paso Robles, up in wine country, tasting, testing, you know, meeting people and 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 bringing it to new di- distributors so to get it out of you know out of California and into New York and across, and it's a big process. So he's doing that, and then of course you know me, I'm I'm totally you know re- revamped and redone uh, Kona Town recording and. And making sure artists are taken care of in there and, and, you know, getting not just the, the studio, you know, upgraded in line and keep going and growing with it with, with actual functional, you know, like I said, this analog gear kick that we're on, but like, you know, making it a place and building a vibe in there, a community of really strong writers like yourself, songwriters and artists who can come in and musicians who can come in and play and provide for whatever anyone needs, whether it's for my own record for lo-fi, whether it's for the latest pepper record that'll be coming out next year, or whether it's for, if you guys come in and you're like, you know what? I've always wanted to experiment with the xylophone. I'm like, don't worry, Howie. I got the guy. He's coming in. (laughs) His name's Poindexter. He was a virgin until after high school. You're going to love this guy. (laughs) And then it's, and then it comes back later and it's just like, it's me with glasses on. (laughs) I don't believe the virgin part, but okay. You know, I, I, so that's that's kind of what's I mean, there's many more projects that Pepper's involved with, but those are the things that are, you know, kind of they're they're the things we're passionate about individually that are still team efforts. So we kind of all, you know, we're all partners in all three of those things, the studio, the record label, the wine industry, or the, the wine business, but there's more things that we're doing. But collectively, it's great because, you know, Pepper's just you know, it's the mothership. She runs, kind of runs herself. So we know that when summer time comes, that we're going to be touring. But in the meantime, we're building other things, and it's really fun. I love that, man. I love that. The the, yeah. the fucking pursuit, the hustle. It's just, um, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely no shortage of, of hustle and work ethic with you guys. Everything you've told me today has been like <clears throat> consistent with the the image that that I see you guys in. It's like the work ethic. I mean, it all makes sense. The fucking uh, the the booze filled erotic recording sessions. <laughs> you know thank you kindly yeah tear, tearing the uh setting up and tearing down the stage of warp tour and um, oh my god that was intense yeah you guys have always been nothing but uh super kind to us and um hospitable and um i think i drank like four or five of your beers when i was in your studio <laughs> back in the Good spring man. yeah Good you know man. just uh always been super cool and it's nice to run into you guys from time to time at the festivals and things like that hopefully we'll touring man. again that'd be fun it, it is. We, we need to do some touring regardless, too. So uh, it, it is. And it's the same same for you, Howie. I mean, we we appreciate seeing, you know, that being uh, how can I say it? Like when you're, your original core, you're cut from the same 
cloth as us. I feel in that way as far as like your integrity's there first and your family's there first and what's important, your goals and your dreams are there first and that's not waning. And, you know, you've always, you're, I'm, I'm proud to be, you know, a, a part of your, your story, man, you and all the boys. Yeah, dude, and we appreciate it, man. The, the Daydreams record is, I think it's our, <clears throat> it's probably our biggest selling record to date. And uh, still, Walk Away, I think, is about to hit 15 million streams. It's Jesus, dude, congratulations. That's so cool. Yeah. What a cool, dude, I, I don't know. I just, I see those things and I get, I get excited like a kid, but I'm a kid that, you know, is a, is a you know, owns a record label and, and you're one of my favorite artists on that goddamn label. And that has a lot of great artists on it already. So that's, that's a really cool thing. And like you said, to know and watch, to watch the growth too, you know what I mean? To just to see what you guys are going to do next and, you know, and it's just, it's really exciting. So I want to see the live show and like on a touring basis again, I want to like, we get to watch like. 20 in a row and you're like okay i see what he's going okay that's where the okay that, now i get it now <laughs> i see what's going on you know the type of stuff that you can only really see behind the scenes when you're really watching you know behind the curtain for a while that's something that we're very lucky to do as artists so i, I want to see that again the updated uh ballyhooings yeah um real quick uh before we before we wrap it up let's talk about the live yeah. show real quick every time i see yeah. a pepper show you guys, I don't care where we are. I've seen fucking thousands of pepper shows now. <laughs> right. But like, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on, what the show is, festival, whatever, like you guys are like probably like the most fun band there. Oh. Like the the I remember watching you guys at uh oh what the fuck what was that that festival in Arizona last year? Pot of Luck was that what? Pot, pot of, of Luck. Pot of yeah, Gold. Pot, pot of Gold. Pot of Gold. Uh, yeah, early this year and. I just kind of snuck back there behind you saw, just kind of whipped the phone out a couple of times, took some videos and it yeah. was just like, it's just fucking fun to watch you guys play. Like it was, you oh, put on man. like a, uh, just a fun show. You're like, you're, I told you this before, but you're like a great front man. Like where you, you know, the right things to say to the crowd, uh -huh. something I've always dealt with. I feel like I should, I should just shut the fuck up and play, <laughs> you know? Um, probably cause you know how to play your instrument and perform <laughs> so well, my friend. That's probably why I think what you're, you're misconstruing is that's called stalling that's going oh, oh shit which uh which dot am i playing and is it the same dot that klaus playing and am i on the beat with ye or is he drinking a beer no he's sober now he doesn't drink beer oh god okay i think it's going well it's time to tell a semi-appropriate joke should these people in let's just throw up the thing is it are they democrats or republicans who cares let's find out <laughs> <laughs> no i appreciate that coming from you guys man you guys really know how to put on a show and you do have great timing with that it's a learned thing it's hours being on stage but you're right i think that's why people go to see uh, a pepper show it's definitely not for the musicianship that's for damn straight there's, <laughs> that's there's definitely not time, what i meant but no and all the time I'll, I'll discover a new song and i'm like wait a minute you're on the in-between dot of that <laughs> and he'll look at me and he'll just be like wait a minute you're not <laughs> it's just i mean it's it's an adventure that's why they call it art man it's subjective it's art it's live music anything can happen it's not fucking perfect i've heard you say it a bunch of times we don't have fucking computers up here it's just yes. fucking three guys doing this shit <laughs> it's more of a complaint i guess we need more help does anybody know how to run these computers that all these other bands are using <laughs> 
<laughs> it's fucking space bar, bro. That's it. One. No, I appreciate that, Howie, and I look forward to many, many, many more. I'd, I'd actually love to 2019 for uh, to go out on and and for you for you to bring me on my first uh, solo tour, because it's a totally different show. It's a totally different thing. You, it's developing. It's like a baby. I would love that, and I, th I could see that just being a great uh, homie fest every night. Just a bunch of dudes like hanging out, like fucking singing oh each other's songs. Gosh. Like, that's, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! The best part, man. I love I love playing with bands that like that like are willing to like just bro out and go on stage with each other and and mm -hmm. like have a good time and it's not so fucking like don't you come on my fucking stage like we don't we don't oh, play God. that shit like it's it, i don't we run no, a tight I ship around here i've never understood that really but there's some people that do that some people that don't no it's it's cool man it's really it's it's how it's supposed to be that's why i'm, I'm telling you I'm, I'm excited to see that whether it's you know, the, the, to see, to get on a tour and watch and see, because you guys have, you know, you've updated, you've got new tricks, you've got new tricks, you've got new songs for crying out, you know, loud, you've got different, there's, there's just a different vibe as, as a band matures and grows. And you guys, I haven't got to like sit in on that for a while. And that's super cool. In fact, I was just telling, uh, I was telling, uh, uh, what was I talking to our manager or Kaleo or somebody I was talking to with the last pepper show or whatever, I said it's so fun. Like pepper shows are even more fun to me now because there's contrast. Because I I get to play, you know, as as a different artist as well. And it's like, oh my god, it gives you such appreciation for what you do and what you, it's just it's just so fun. At the same time, it is when you do something else, you're like, oh my god, oh my god. For me, and that, there's like, I only have to do one thing. I don't have to do two things. I can just I just stand here and just do the singing thing. This is so easy. Oh my god. I feel like I'm on steroids. It's so easy. I can run around. And da, 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 da. There's like the sound. You know, I never miss any notes on the bass because I because there's an actual bass player playing. It's so fun. But at the same time, you come back to be like, oh, I miss this. I'm going to do a bass solo. Oh, this is a terrible idea. I shouldn't have done this bass solo. <laughs> Just go back and sing the rest of the song. Oh, no, it's, it is, best. man. It really is. So I got to catch up on that on, on my ballyhooing too. So we'll, we'll do that for sure in 20, 2019. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, well, fucking Brett Bollinger, man. It's been awesome talking to you, dude. Thank you for uh, oh, coming on the show. My pleasure. I can't wait to catch up on all my uh, my podcastings of yours, by the way. I want to see how bad mine sucks compared to the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that each one gets better and better, so we'll see. Oh, so it's the best one ever. Well, this probably, this is definitely first, the best one ever. Second. Episode 41. Thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, where can everybody get you on, online? At Brett Bollinger. You got it. At Brett Bollinger for the Instagram. Um, I'd love for you guys to go and check out my Brett Bollinger. I believe it's Brett Bollinger Music uh, on the YouTube channel. I just got it going, just started it, and that's where all the official uh, – Music videos are going up. We actually have one going up today. The Sober video, that's the track number two on Lo-Fi. The new record is going up literally in, I think it might be up right now. They may have put it up, but it was going up at noon today. You heard it here, Pacific folks. Pacific Standard Times. Yeah, so check out that. Subscribe to that. And then Brett Bollinger for all the rest of them, too, for your Facebook and all that stuff. And check out the goings-on. There's lots goings-on. Fuck yeah, man. We'll, uh... Everybody go listen to Brett Bollinger. He's got some cool music. New record, lo-fi. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, dude, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show, and uh, I hope to talk to you sooner than later. Much love, Howie. Always. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much. Got it, bud. All right, all right. Brett Bollinger, everybody. Uh, make sure you follow him on the Instagram, at Brett Bollinger. 
check out the new record lo-fi it's on spotify and everywhere else i believe he said it's gonna be the record will be on the youtubes today uh that new check out that new video for sober such a good dude just like the other guys um hope you enjoyed the show today episode 41 uh make sure you subscribe rate and review at itunes uh it just helps keep the uh keep the podcast up there and noticeable so people can check it out i'm trying to get as many people as possible turned on to this thing so please spread the word share the links you know share some fucking links man uh if you'd like to support the podcast um you can go to uh, talesfromthegreenroom.com hit the support the podcast button for more information and you can cancel anytime it's like a monthly subscription kind of thing it just basically helps me pay for like admin admin stuff like website and things like that and then also don't forget about the tales from the green room podcast merch the first merch is going live probably today or tomorrow probably today because i'm get, i'm excited to, to get it out pretty cool I, pretty simple but cool and uh nothing too crazy that you can't wear out you know things like that um yeah if you're down to support the podcast those are some ways so thank you very much and uh we will catch you next time for episode 42 this is how we spangle with tales from the green room